The night may be long and the dark may be deep, but the answers are there to be found. Whether it's the normal, the abnormal, or the paranormal, you're in the right place. Let's go beyond reality. So once again, uh, somebody up there is angry with you, apparently. <laughs> and the storms that came through here were brutal. Yeah. I, I mean, they were brutal. I, we, there's trees down in around here. There, some house got hit by a tornado. Yeah. In Rhode Island and Connecticut? Are you serious? Yeah, I know. It's nuts. Um, I think uh, D.C. was hit pretty hard by this line of storms. It kind of just whipped through. We had tornado... Well, but that's usually just trying to wash the filth out of there. Well, and it takes a lot more than a storm to do that. <laughs> uh, we had a tornado watch uh, in Cooperstown uh, earlier today, but nothing really happened, so we missed the worst of it. But, man, that just that was a that was a storm that uh, caused fury and vengeance there. I, yeah, I yeah and it's it's a big one. Yeah, it but welcome, really... to, yeah, welcome to the show, everybody. Uh, it's great to have you here. Tonight, we're going to be talking about animals. We've got... Uh, Sandra Mendelson, who is an animal channel communicator. She's also an author and a speaker joining us. She wants to talk about her book, We Walk Beside You, and uh, kind of approach the question, have you ever looked at your pet, dog, cat, fish, whatever, and wondered what they're thinking about? Well, when it comes to fish, I think not, no concern there. But, uh, <laughs> you can't but, be thinking about too much, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. But your dog and cat, yeah. I mean, no, cats are very, I don't know. Cats always seem to give the impression, like, I don't care anything about you, as long as my food's there and my litter box is clean. But dogs, yeah, they look at you and you can just, you can see all the love in their eyes, but... And then them questioning everything you're doing and yeah. why you're doing it. Yeah, they do that for sure. But we're going to open the door to the breathtaking world of animal consciousness, wisdom, and what they understand about life and what they understand about us with uh, Sandra tonight. All right. And tomorrow night, we're going to be talking with Dr. Claire Johnson, a lucid dreaming expert. We'll be talking about mindful and lucid dreaming, why dreams are important, and how to have lucid dreams. So now, that should be great. Yeah. Now, lucid dreaming is quite an interesting topic. Um, you know, this whole concept that you kind of you can actually live a life through your dreams and actually experience these things in another dimension, basically through these dreams, is a concept that's getting more and more discussion and more and more thought um, by a lot of very very serious people. Yeah. Well, lucid dreaming is a it's a really highly interesting topic, and uh, I don't know, but there's also so much that people claim you can do. In your uh, while you're dreaming as well, and if you're able to actually learn to control things in them, then it's just uh, well, it just becomes such an amazing experience. And so we'll talk about that with uh, Dr. Claire Johnson Wednesday night, Thursday. Gary Williams, who is a writer and a psychic investigator, will be talking about his book called "The Miracle Workers: The World's Psychic Consultants," which he claims is sort of a yellow pages to mediums, clairvoyants, psych psychics, healers, numerologists, and people who engage in that type of type of body, mind, and spirit. Uh, um, investigation. Uh, he talks about traveling and meeting with a lot of these people. He also has some uh, that he recommends and some that he feels like, well, not necessarily some, but he talks about how to avoid the fakes because there are some people who are less than uh, above the board when it comes to this type of stuff. Why would psychics need yellow pages? <laughs> that they, they should not have to, right? I mean, it's just a loaded, loaded. Cast. I love, I love, I love the, uh, I love the idea that somebody said, uh, you know, the, the phone book came. It's like, why did somebody print out part of the internet and send it to me? Exactly. <laughs> that's kind of no, what it's become, right? <laughs> if you haven't yet, make sure you head over to facebook.com slash beyond reality radio, like the Facebook page for us, then head to beyond reality radio.com where you can find all the stations we are on across the country. You can download the free iPhone and Android app right there. It allows you to listen live, catch past shows, join the online chat, and more. Um, you can also click the Listen Live tab, 
in the upper right hand corner, which connects you to an online chat room you can hang out in and uh, great community of people. And you can listen to the show right from there. So make sure you check it often. And that, uh, the list is constantly being updated. So, you know, make sure you check it often. Now, there's another reason we have uh, Sandra Mendelson joining us tonight. Again, animal communicator. Um, it, it, we've been talking about, you know, what the holiday of the day is, if you want to call it a holiday or the observance or whatever it happens to be. Today happens to be two that relate directly to Sandra. One is it's Sea Monkey Day. Sea monkey. Remember? What? Who makes these things up? <laughs> I don't know. And how, where are you coming up with it? If, if, if this list is on your calendar, there's a problem. It's not my calendar. It's a calendar that I found on the internet. I've, has yeah, all these I days. mean, I've never, I've never seen a calendar like this. Okay, but have you ever, did you ever have sea monkeys? I have had sea monkeys. <laughs> okay, so there you yeah. go. So you're probably si- silently and quietly celebrating this day uh, when we're not paying attention. The other thing it is, it's, it's Horse Rescue Day, and that's a little bit more serious. That's, that's a great one. Yeah. Um, you know, as somebody who's owned uh, a bunch of horses in, in my life, um, these are pretty amazing animals, and there are a lot of them that are mistreated. There's also a lot of wild horses that uh, won't survive if they don't get some help or some care um, from somebody. So, um, horse rescue day is pretty important. So it's kind of a, it's kind of appropriate that we've got uh, Sandra on tonight, especially with, with well horses. I mean, they're just, first off, they're incredible animals, but, uh, you want to talk about an animal that you can just feel, you can feel emotion from. It's so crazy. Well, I've always said if a horse ever figure is smart enough to figure out how strong they actually are, we're all in trouble because they are powerful animals oh, and they yeah. don't understand. You know, you can yeah, put a rope are. up, you can put a rope up and it, it won't, it won't challenge it. But if it could figure out that it can just lean into it and knock it over, it's done. Yes. Anyway. <laughs> so anyway, so enough about horse talk tonight. <laughs> we are, we're getting ready to bring uh, Sandra in. We're going to talk about all this stuff and much more. Again, her book is called We Walk Beside You. And I don't know if you remember, I think I, I think I may have been showing it on the, on the video stream at one point or something like that, but uh, there's a companion to these, this book. It's a, it's a deck of cards. It's called Animal Message Cards. So we're going to talk about that too. I'm not sure what the source of these messages are. I suspect that some of them actually came from some of the animals that she has spoken with. So it'll be interesting to get to, uh, get that information when we have all right so and i'm sure you're all gonna have questions for our guest tonight so the phone number is 844-687-7669 and toll free at 844-687-7669 you're listening to jason and jv on beyond reality radio did you know that online retailers like Amazon have constant deals that can save you money on the things you buy every day? It's no joke. Save 40%, 50%, even 80% on great products. And all you have to do is know about them. Noodle Shark is the way to be alerted when something good is coming your way. Noodle Shark is the social media page that lists great deals that not only save you money, but give you the deals before anyone else has them. All you have to do is find Noodle Shark on Facebook. Search it as The Noodle Shark. That's The Noodle Shark. Because you deserve to save too. Become a Shark and save. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to Beyond Reality Paranormal. I'm your host, J.V. Johnson. I'm going to ask that you support this program. The easiest way to do that, by the way, is if you're listening as a podcast, you just open up the description of the episode and you scroll down to the bottom. And at the bottom, there is a link that says support this podcast. If you click on that, you'll be taken to a page that gives you a couple of options for supporting the show. We greatly appreciate it. It helps us bring great programs to you every week, and we look forward to continuing to do that. And if you're enjoying the program on YouTube, there's another way you can support the show. Just go to the description. You'll see a link to a Patreon page. It's Joha, J-O-H-A-W. And if you go to the Patreon page, you'll be able to pledge an amount to help support the show as well. Once again, thanks for your support. Thank you for listening. Please share it with your friends. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So one of the topics that gets a lot of um, attention here on this program is animal communication. And tonight our guest is Sandra Mendelson. She's an animal channel channeler and uh, channel of uh, she channels animal consciousness and a communicator. And her website is S Mendelson S for Sandra Mendelson.com. And the book that she has written is called we walk beside you. We're going to talk about all of that, but first let's welcome Sandra into the program. Sandra, welcome to be on reality radio. Great to have you here. Well, thank you. It's good to be here. You guys have enough energy to keep everybody awake all night long. <laughs> well, we will try. We, we will try. First, I have to ask you, it sounds like we uh, narrowly avoided a disaster here. Are you having some um, uh, issues where you are? A storm or something? Is that what was what I heard? Or construction no, I feel like or living in Beirut. There's a construction <laughs> project going on in my development, and they knocked out my landline. Uh, unbeknownst to me sometime today. So when I went back to the apartment tonight, I'm like, "Uh uh-oh. So, yes, I'm very glad I have a cell phone and that you used it. (laughs) Well, we're we're glad, too. So let's start by uh, kind of figuring this whole thing out. You say that your path took several decades to present itself. Tell us the story of how you became aware of uh, what we would call this ability. Um, It happened very unglamorously, and the the first thing I really want everybody to know, because we tend to think if we don't know uh, that we've got some sort of extra ability, you know, a sixth sensory skill set at childhood, that it will never manifest. Wrong, not true. Um, It didn't happen for me until five years ago, which was at the age of 52, and uh, I was working on a horse's injured foot with light therapy. I was alone in the barn. And I'm down on the ground, and I hear a voice boom loudly in my head, this hay is crap. And uh, I looked around, and there's nobody else there. And I I looked up at the horse, and I noticed he was flinging hay away with his nose, trying to get underneath the bale. And about five minutes later, one of the horse moms entered the barn and announced that there's mold all over the hay. So it started very simply and in a very unspiritual way like that. Um... About two weeks later, a horse down the road completely dismantled my entire concept of animal life, understanding, and perception. And what I heard in my head, I absolutely knew I was not creative enough to invent. Okay. Well, you can't leave us hanging like that. What was it? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I got to know you're still there. It started out with uh, when the barn closes at 4 o'clock, we can drop the facade and be our true selves. We hear the birds speak, the plants speak, everything speaks. And the conversation went on as I sat there with my hands. I put my hands up, and again, I was working with equipment. But I took one Reiki class, and I figured after I put away the equipment, I put my hands up, I don't know, like just to send love. And the horse swings his hind end around and slams it up against my hand, and then flings his body around and puts his left shoulder up against my hand, and I hear, why are you wasting your time with these machines? Why don't you run energy? The horses are waiting for you. And it went on. 
when I sat down and I felt this intense, like electrocution in my hands, he said, you feel that? I sent that to you. This is what we do. We heal with our bodies and talk with our minds. I thought I was making it up. I vowed to go back to the barn with my proverbial tail between my legs. And as I entered his stall, he summarily head-butted me all the way out into the aisle, and I heard, you bought into the illusion again. We need you. Now, I cannot sit down and write a creative story. I'm, that's just not in my skill set. So um, it took me... Oh, the, other, the other thing he said is... Uh, a lot more things, but one of the things he said is horses are always sending energy to humans. And I thought, where do they get the energy from? And he said, we leave our bodies to connect with all that is because our frequency drops when it's in the body. So it took me three years after that where people would have problems with their horses and bring in every specialist known to man, check the feet, check the saddle, go through all the standard operating procedures, couldn't get the answer. And I would hear from the horse what the problem was. And, I was, you know, I'm a human. I'm skeptical. So it took me three years of those kinds of situations to believe that the stuff I was getting from the horses, like what I just mentioned, uh, was really coming through and I wasn't making it up. Sandra, let's let's back up a little bit. Um, you said this started for you, uh, what did you say, five years ago, I think is what you said? Almost six. six year, almost six years ago. So um, you were well into your life and never had an inkling or uh, any type of communication, at least something, anything that you recognized up until that point? No. I, I mean, I, I, at very best, I was a wannabe. You know, from the time I was a kid, I was an animal lover. I never was allowed to have a horse. I never had any great, you know, I was very standard life. And I used to look at people that had gifts like this and think, Never, you know, you either have it or you don't. So that's what took me so long to really embrace it. I definitely held myself back from skepticism and doubt. Um, but everyone has the ability, any animal communicator, and there are growing numbers of them across the globe, tapping into their skill sets. Any one of them will tell you all humans have the ability to connect with animals in their own way. There's at least eight different ways, you know, feeling in, you know, from paracognition, you know, that instant knowing, um, um, to clairvoyance, you know, seeing images, clairaudience, hearing with the spirit ear like I do, and so on. Um, it's just that it's not cultivated in our society. It certainly is in native populations and sort of indigenous, and in certain indigenous populations, there's, they've, they've never lost it. And we can reclaim these abilities. So I think that the animals have shown up now, sharing, it just continues to come through. They're sharing so much with me now because globally we are waking up to animal, um, animal uh, sentience, if you know what I mean, that they are sentient beings, that we are shifting across the planet, and that's why they've come through with so much. So you think at some point we'll all be able to communicate with animals? I, I think that we all have the ability to do it right now. It's just a question of how much gets in our way. Um, and do, do we believe? Doubt is the number one thing that will, that, as my dog says, you know, drives the sword between us. And so people really have to spend the time and cultivate uh, their own abilities. I've got people writing me letters from across the world that the book validated things that they thought they were getting, 
you know, where they squashed it or that maybe they heard stuff as a kid and then they doubted themselves. And that's really the main purpose here, you know, that we all kind of wake up together. Sandra, you said that you just out of nowhere heard a voice and it was a horse that was speaking to you out of nowhere. But something must have happened that changed that moment that allowed you to hear this communication, whereas you didn't hear them for the better part of your life up until that point. What do you think happened? That's actually a really intuitive awareness that you just vocalized because when you work on horses, especially someone like me that didn't have a horse, didn't grow up with horses outside of a couple of riding lessons at camp, the number one rule you learn is you must be 100% present totally in the moment, totally watching every single motion of that horse's eyes, ears, flick of the tail. I was not in my head. I was in receiving mode. And the biggest problem for humans is that we are always striving to make something happen. And when you strive, you cannot receive. So to connect with animals means kind of flipping that switch into receptivity mode. And we usually don't live in that space. So I'd say that was the the single most important factor. Um, I also looked at them from a position of love, respect, and equality. There was I I had I couldn't tell you, you know, it just that's how I yes, I've always loved animals, but I I never looked down at them. And certainly for them to you know, I had a horse tell me if you Treat us like uh, treat us like furniture. We'll show you only wood. And unfortunately, too many humans look down at animals and need to be the rescuers. And oh, look how good I am to this animal. But I never saw them that way. And that's really critical if you want to connect with them um, at a deeper level and have them really show you who they are. It has to start from a position of equality and respect. I'm curious about that. You said that a lot of people feel like they have to be saviors to the animals or save them or what. Is is that not what they want? I mean, a lot of people feel like that's a compassion that that the animals themselves deserve. But are you saying no? Well, again, we got to be careful at how we ask and answer those questions because the the, all the efforts going on globally to save animals are, are critically important. But what the animals have asked uh, across many species, and the horses have been quite vocal about it, is, you know, they say that uh, kindness can overlap with pity. Compassion shows that you're on, on an equal footing, that you can put yourself in the other's position. Um, but, but pity is truly toxic and takes away their power, takes away anyone's power, or any species. So, you know, while, while we rescue them, you know, what the animals are asking for is try to see things through our eyes, you know, that we have families, that we, you know, have the same kind of emotions that you do, uh, even if we don't show it on our faces, you know. So they're asking for a deeper awareness from us than just, okay, I saved you, so that makes me the hero. That's ego. So a motivation is part of it, um, what the motivation of the, of the Savior is. But I want to I take this a step back because I want to learn a little bit more about you. I know that you had lived a life in corporate America. Um, at one point, you decided to leave that 
and the stress of it behind. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't for this this particular cause because you hadn't discovered that yet. What what was going on in your mind at that point in your life? Well, you know, you you never really know if each step you take is going to be just a stepping stone or a landing pad. But after 26 years in corporate of business development and media and all kinds of things, I realized I cared more about the people around me and how they were feeling than I did about any business transaction. And um, so the first thing I did is I became a health coach because I had always studied nutrition on my own to begin with. And I got involved with uh, lasers and light therapy, you know, specifically tailoring my practice for people in pain. And those, the light therapy led me to be able to help both humans and non-humans uh, with pain that drugs, you know, don't fix, enabling the body to heal itself. And so, you know, that's kind of how the path took me um, to the, the animals. And this may be a bit of a naive question, but... Um some of the things you've done, I just need a little bit of help understanding what they are. What is a polychromatic LED light therapist? <laughs> well, you know, something, uh, equipment that was only in the hands of the scientific community, like NASA, um, dec- several decades ago, has worked its way into our hands. And LED, light-emitting diode therapy, if you imagine the equipment I work with, imagine neoprene pads. Remember Light Bright? I don't know if you're old enough to yes. remember Light Bright. Oh, of course I do. In fact, I remember the song from the commercial very, very well. <laughs> you want to sing okay, it first? You no, know, I don't want to. You want to sing it? Come on. You, you know you do. I don't want to sing it. Light Bright <laughs> making things with light. I, that's how as far as I'm going to go. Put a little tune to it. <laughs> yeah, but we do remember okay, Light Bright. Yes. I'm in good company then. Okay. So if you imagine neoprene pads, and you are, uh, there are certain wavelengths of light, specifically visible red, invisible infrared and visible blue light that are really therapeutic for the body. They go to different depths, you know, skin and muscle and bone and stuff, and uh, increase circulation. And as a function of that, all kinds of wonderful things happen in the body. You know, more oxygen, more nutrients get in, more garbage can get out of the cells, and the body can heal itself faster. These are now class 2 medical devices, which means they are... FDA cleared for at-home use. Um, so I hope that kind of answers what that is. And, and the photopuncture is using light instead of needles on the acupuncture points and meridians of the body. So whether you use a little light torch for a couple of hundred bucks, you know, and you have charts that really just show you, you know, hold the, the torch on the, chart, on the point, and you're doing, if you will, acupuncture with light. And the, the animals, it's one of the things that is so great about them because they're so much more sensitive than we are, they will validate your modality so quickly, <laughs> you know, whether it's Reiki, whether it's light therapy, because they feel things. I mean, a horse can flick a fly with its tail, you know, and feel it on, on its back. So um, a lot of people that are just getting started, and certainly, you know, technology is used first on animals before it's used on humans, typically. A lot of people have discovered um, their new livelihoods with these modalities first by working on animals. 
But I hope that answers. Yeah, no, it, do, it yeah, it does for sure. Um, I want to go again to the point where you've heard that first message, that first time, and I think the message was something like "this hay is crap" or something. I don't remember exactly, but it was something to do with the yeah. hay. It was the horse speaking to you about the quality of the food it was eating. And uh, uh-huh. now, when that came to you, was did you hear it through your? Was it through your ears, or was it is, was it more telepathic in your mind? How do these messages come to you? I'm glad you asked that because, you know, as humans, we try to assign something. It's like, okay, I experienced it as a thought in my head, but I literally had a squirrel tell me, you know, a couple of years later, it's not your brain or your ears that are doing the hearing. You are picking up on, you're hearing me because I'm broadcasting to you, but you're picking up on the message through a different means, through collective consciousness. Kind of sounds a little, you know, wishy-squishy, like what does that mean? But, you know, what I've come to learn through many, many, I don't know, 70, 80, 90 species, whatever, yes, we know that animals communicate vocally. They communicate through scent and movement. But they do them, at least certainly certain species told me, they do the majority of their communicating through the thought stream. And that is where we, I am, I've been able to meet them. You know, and that's how I could be mentally talking with a squirrel and the birds interrupted and I said, wait a minute, I'm not speaking squirrel. It's a universal language through the thought stream. That's how they communicate with each other. So, so the, how, yeah, so the mm-hmm. concept there would be they're not necessarily speaking English to you. They are conveying right. emotions and thoughts and you're, and you're receiving, you're putting the English onto them um, through your processing them. Yes, but and I guess the weird thing is as these channelings come through, they use words I never use. Mm. So unique. I mean, you know, the panda uses the word brotherhood. That would just never come up in my speech. You know, I've been channeling this week um, a lot. Of, I've been asking animals about growing older. And the, there's such a wide, I mean, while there's repeated themes, you know, that they see uh, life as just we continue to grow, whereas we humans put this moniker on it as older, and we see so much negativity that, that comes with that. And they see us only blossoming, you know, through the end of our life. We never stop. And same thing for them, that wisdom is the ultimate uh, goal. Um, so they have the same kind of themes, but individually they sound so different to use words. I mean, stealing the gold from your pots and, I, I mean, things, you know what I mean? Expressions that I would absolutely never, ever think of. Right. So I, I can't really express that any more clearly than the only analogy I can give you is when people channel spirit and they channel loved ones or higher beings, you know, angels and guides and stuff. Listen to the language. It's not like our everyday vernacular. All right, we're going to take a break. Uh, We're talking with Sandra Mendelson, author of the book, We Walk Beside You, and we'll continue the conversation in just a couple of moments. Remember, the phone number is 844-687-7669. We'll take your questions. We're not going to do readings tonight, but we will take your questions in the next hour. All right, so give us a call. You'll listen to Jason and JV on Beyond Reality Radio. We'll be back after this. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to Beyond Reality Paranormal. I'm your host, JV Johnson. I'm going to ask that you support this program. 
The easiest way to do that, by the way, is if you're listening as a podcast, you just open up the description of the episode and you scroll down to the bottom. And at the bottom, there is a link that says support this podcast. If you click on that, you'll be taken to a page that gives you a couple of options for supporting the show. We greatly appreciate it. It helps us bring great programs to you every week, and we look forward to continuing to do that. And if you're enjoying the program on YouTube, there's another way you can support the show. Just go to the description. You'll see a link to a Patreon page. It's Joha, J-O-H-A-W. And if you go to the Patreon page, you'll be able to pledge an amount to help support the show as well. Once again, thanks for your support. Thank you for listening. Please share it with your friends. All right. So tonight we're talking with Sandra Mendelson about her book, We Walk Beside You. And uh, Sandra, this is a particularly short segment, but I want to go back to your story and uh, the fact that you left corporate America, you decided to follow a different career path. And when this awakening or happened to you and you realized that you, again, that switch had flipped and you were, had this ability to communicate, was that another uh, opportunity for you to to say, aha, I found my path in life? Or is it just something that you added to everything else you were doing already? Well, I was, you know, I guess decades before I said, oh, I want to write a book. And I never felt I had anything to say that hadn't been somewhere said before. But the stuff that started coming in from the animals blew my mind so much. You know, imagine somebody's like, let's you look through a doorway that no one else has looked through. And you're just like, oh, my goodness. So, you know, stuff would come through. And I'd write it down. I'd wake up in the morning and look at it and pick up the phone and go, ma. And she's like, relax. It's not you. You're funny, but you're not that funny. And you're smart, but you're not that wise. So it was... um, an absolute, uh, you know, mind-blowing experience that, you know, how can you keep it to yourself? So I just started recording stuff. And then I noticed I was putting post-its all over my apartment because some of the one-liners were so profound that I wanted to put these ways of being into my life. I ended up making a card deck, you know, one thought at a time. But um, I realized my path had totally changed in life when this, amazing stuff started coming through. Like, wow, uh, I had no idea, and none of us had, had, had any idea that this is what animal existence is about, how energetically focused they are, how intentional, you know, their behavior is, how they choose their thinking. You know, you think a camel, for example, just drags stuff around. And a camel said to me, you, you see it's all what side of the image you focus on. Focus in a bur- on a bird and then you will tire focus on a possibility for self or others and you will be energized. No, yeah, and that's just one. T- yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I was going to have you, have you also uh, been able to um, at least listen in if, if that's the right way to describe it on conversation between conversations between the animals. And this is a two part question between animals of the same species and do animals of different species communicate with each other? Um, they understand each other through this universal language of the, you know, through the thought stream, if you will. And again, I, I, I'm putting in a disclaimer here. Number one, I don't have all the answers. Number two, no one hears everything. Right, of now, course. There are people that are getting, yeah. And I mean, I'm sharing what I hear, you know, learn as you go and share as you learn kind of thing. Right. Um, so the animals told me when I asked the squirrels, how come I can't understand when you're, you know, chirping away? And they said, we have to angle our minds towards you. We save the body movements and the vocalizations for each other. So, you know, um, I, I can't 
listen in on a conversation they're having, you know, unless they want to engage with me. Somebody else do it? Maybe. So they have Um, to be deliberate. And can you, and we have about a minute here, can you communicate with them in the same type of deliberateness or do they have to be willing to receive you? Well, what they tell me (laughs) recently, they said, you know, there's kind of like a group of us that are driving the bus here. Here's the number one overriding principle in the animal world, that they are all unique souls at different levels of evolution, just like humans. So the more evolved ones are coming through to me. They want to partner with humans and break through this veil or this wall between us. And as they say, you know, and some of us are just common, if you know what I mean. So not every animal will talk to me. Um, or, you know, or reach out to me. Um, when I put out a question, it's amazing. You know, I just kind of will say, okay, you know, what do you have to say about growing older? And I, I just wait to see who comes through. There are some that, that continue to come through, and then there are new ones. Does that make any sense? I mean, I, I'd like to say I'm completely controlling this process, but as a channel, I'm not. You know, this is the animal story. Well, well, it makes we do sense. have, what was really interesting is a back and forth between species. Like I was communicating with a squirrel telepathically, one of my neighborhood squirrels, and then he just got dead quiet. And I felt this presence coming through, and it was a lion. After the lion and I finished this conversation, I hear, phew, that was a close one. And I'm like, he calls himself Max. I said, Max? He's like, I've never seen a lion, and I don't want to. His energy is big. <laughs> but again, tonight we're talking with Sandra Mendelson. Um, her website is smendelson.com. Her book is called We Walk Beside You. There's an, a, a companion card deck. We're going to talk about that a little bit, too. Again, Sandra, thanks for being here with us. I want to um, kind of move this conversation a little further. Um you talk frequently about the fact that the animal kingdom, if you will, at least the animals you're talking about, want to work with humans to create a better world. Can you talk a little bit more about that? What is their objective in this, if they're actually communicating these things to you? Well, if you can imagine that we were all once very much in sync with all life a few thousand years ago, and then we went completely into the life of the mind and separated from the rest of the animal kingdom and all of nature. So um, the animals are just waiting for us to walk back through the door and realize that we are all connected. I mean, we've had enough scientists uh, proving that there is uh, a field and, 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 or an energetic grid that connects all life forms. And at least according to the animals, only we humans can't see it. We try to know it with our brains. We try to believe that we are all one, while animals truly have the experience of being one with their environment and all that is. I've had blue whales tell me that, and horses, and, you know, many, many species. Um, so the objective is a world that works. The objective always comes back to how we treat ourselves in the words of the animal. That if we are kinder, this is from a blue whale, um, that if they, quote, if we had one wish, it would be for humans to be kinder to themselves. All healing starts here. Respect begins here, even joy. So they do know that if we can start being kinder to ourselves, by extension, it will be easier for us to do the same for the rest of our world. 
And um, there are certain species, you know, the, the book wraps up uh, with horses because their messages were, are so spiritually focused on, on the power of our thoughts and intentions. And, and not just the horses. Many species have come through. The, the birds came through a few days ago about, you know, because they hear the thought stream, they know what, and they are the global communication system, if you will, because there's no no-fly zone. They go everywhere. So they, have, they tap into the thoughts of all humanity, and they say we need to know the power that we are exhibiting in shifting the vibration of our, of our planet upward. Every time we choose love, every time we, you know, all our prayers, our meditations, our intentions of love are being heard by the animals, and they are so excited at what's going on globally. That's not what's making our news. Only the horror and the misery and the anger and the violence makes our news. They talk about what's going on in the thoughts and the intentions of humanity, and it is shifting for the better. And that's what their agenda is. Unlike James Patterson's book, I think, Zoo or whatever, where animals stage an overthrow of humanity, it's not, that's not going to happen. That's not what they're aiming for. All right, let's, okay. ju- let's jump to our phone lines here. We've got Justin uh, calling in. Justin has a question for you, Sandra. Hey, Justin, welcome to the program. Great to have you on the show. Hey. Justin, are you there? I heard a voice, I thought. <laughs> Justin? Hello? Well, we may have lost Justin. Justin, call back if you're listening. For some reason, it may have just been a bad connection. I thought I heard a voice there, but then, uh, then nothing. Um, Sandra, this is, this may seem like a, a very, um, I don't know, maybe naive or inappropriate question. I don't mean it to be, but it's a serious one. Um, you know, there's a food chain issue here. How is that reconciled in, in the in the animal kingdom, and not just humans versus animals, but other animals versus animals? Um, great question. Excellent question. You know what? Um, the animals, I mean, tigers have been very vocal about this, but they know their worth as part of everything, including the birth-death cycle, death cycle, the predator-prey cycle. You know, the needs of the body are seen as, as just that, and they have no bearing on consciousness. Obviously, there are species that are herbivores, like cows and horses, you know, and then there are uh, many species that need to survive on other animals. So that's just all part of the cycle. As far as how animals have felt about being eaten by humans, many people have asked me this. Other animal communicators have gotten the same answers. They never had an issue giving their life for a family or a village, when they were appreciated, when they lived their lives with their feet on the grass, with their families, you know, and then it was time to leave this life, and, and they did so. It is the conditions that we have created, and I did not focus on that in this book. I have tapped into a couple of species that are living in concentration camps you know, pigs, chickens, and, and the animals did not want me to focus on that. We have many organizations and individuals that are revealing the horrors, but the animals wanted me to sh- share with people the other side, the beauty of their awareness, you know what I mean? Because, you know, they, they believe in creating change from a place of positivity, not resting in the misery that we humans have created. 
All right, let's go to the okay. phone lines again here. We've got, uh, this is Matthew uh, in Toronto. Hey, Matthew, welcome to the show. Hey, guys, what's going on? Hey, welcome to the show. You got a question for I Sandra? Got, I have a question for her, but I have a quick thing for you guys as well. Okay. Uh, I don't know if you remember a couple months back, you guys had someone on who predicts natural disasters. Yes. I wrote down on my phone on May 20th, they predicted something. So I don't know if you guys keep track of that, but I just wanted to kind of put that in your head. Okay. <laughs> That's so that's coming and, up here. Yes, that's why I thought I'd just let you guys know. And well, my question well, for the, the guest is um, when you talk to these animals, do they have different voices or are they all sound the same or maybe they sound like you? I don't know. <laughs> I love that question. It's excellent. And if you read the book, you will see that they, they do sound very, very different. You know, um, squirrels are very much in the here and the now, and they're fast, and they're funny as heck, and the hippo sounded like Louis Armstrong. <laughs> um, they, all, they all have a different tone. The big cats are dead serious, you know, deep voices. Um, they're very serious animals. You know, they don't do things frivolously. All their relationships have a purpose. So, um, and again, I, I wish I could say that I created this. I, I can't. I just, I'm incapable of being that creative. So, they, yes, they do come across with different tones, sometimes very earnest. You know, and the same thing with doing an animal communication session. You may talk to one horse that sounds very much like beachy cool, like, hey, everything's, you know, fine, uh, and, and another horse that's very rigid. You know, so, yes, they do come through sounding unique to me. All right. Hey, Matthew, what was the uh, prediction that was actually made for the 20th? The prediction was that it, there was some sort of natural disaster. I think it might have to do with the volcano in Hawaii because they said if the magma level drops too low then and it reaches uh, water level, then it's going to steam off and explode, and it could happen any day if it does. So Yeah, I, I've, been, I've been following that, and it's terrifying. Um, geez, uh, our hearts definitely go out to everybody out there. Yeah, hey, thank, thanks for the phone call and reminding, reminding us of that, Matthew. We appreciate it. Let's take one more call before we have to go to break here. This is uh, Justin trying again. Hey, Justin, welcome to the show. Hey, um, my question is, um, when dogs sleep, what do they dream about? I mean, do they dream, like, running around chasing a squirrel? Because, I mean, a dog <laughs> at home, it'll, like, run around, like, if it's asleep, sometimes it'll, like, paw. And then it will start, like, whining, even though it's still asleep. Like, it's chasing something in its dream. What are, like, animals yeah. dream about? Well, that's a really, really good question. Um, I'm surprised you're not dreaming yourself right now. Um, you know, yes, they do. You know, here's what I was told by the animals about dreaming. Not every species dreams. The animals close to humans, like dogs and cats, they do dream. Um, sometimes they dream about things that scare them, you know, if they've had a really bad life. Other times, you're absolutely right. They're, they're running. They're having happy dreams. They're chasing things. They're outside. So I bet there's actually a lot of answers to that question, you know. But, um, you know, sometimes you see a dog actually move its feet while it's sleeping. And, yeah, they are very often um, in motion, you know, so I think you're, you're on pretty much guessing right there. I always assumed it was a cat's revenge. 
<laughs> Justin, <laughs> thank you so much for the phone call, Justin. Justin is a great friend of the program. He's a frequent listener and a frequent caller, and uh, thank you very much. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation with Sandra Mendelson. Again, check out her website. It's smendelson.com. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to Beyond Reality Paranormal. I'm your host, J.V. Johnson. I'm going to ask that you support this program. The easiest way to do that, by the way, is if you're listening as a podcast, you just open up the description of the episode and you scroll down to the bottom. And at the bottom, there is a link that says support this podcast. If you click on that, you'll be taken to a page that gives you a couple of options for supporting the show. We greatly appreciate it. It helps us bring great programs to you every week, and we look forward to continuing to do that. And if you're enjoying the program on YouTube, there's another way you can support the show. Just go to the description. You'll see a link to a Patreon page. It's Joha, J-O-H-A-W. And if you go to the Patreon page, you'll be able to pledge an amount to help support the show as well. Once again, thanks for your support. Thank you for listening. Please share it with your friends. Our guest is Sandra Mendelson, author of the book, We Walk Beside You. And uh, Sandra, I want to take this opportunity just to ask you about the companion cards. There's uh, a deck of 52 cards. They're called animal message cards. Tell us about this deck of cards, what it means and what the source of it all is. Well, um, you know, as, as I said, while well, well, I was channeling all this stuff, I was putting no, little notes all over my apartment because... So much of what the animals were saying was so profound, and it's like there's almost too much to embrace as a human and start putting these things into our lives so we benefit from them. We think in sound bites, especially now, uh, with our technology. And so I, I had no other, I put no fancy names on this card deck. I didn't call them oracle cards or anything. I just said, you know, here are 52 standard card decks, 52 cards. You can pull one a week, one a day. You know, and then people started writing to me and saying, I'm getting exactly the message that's up for me right now. They're fantastic oracle cards. Well, you know, um, the universe works in wild ways. So um, I, I just wanted to make it easy for people. Uh, and, and after you read the book, it's, it's easy to forget when we read stuff, um, especially when there's just so much in there. So at least these are good ways to digest things in small bites. So do, if I understand this correctly, um, I'm looking at the cards right now. And for example, there's one, um, it says Shotzi. It's a picture of a horse. And the quote is, declare war on perfectionism. It puts you in a mental prison. Is this what you, mm-hmm. is this the message you heard from this particular animal? Yes. And if you, if you read the book, you will, you know, it's actually almost difficult sometimes to take everything they say and just pull one sentence out because we're missing so much more of the story. That's why I had to write the book. Um, but, yeah, um, it, it's almost hard for me to describe all the wisdom that's in there. I mean, for example, I asked them to correct, you know, you start with basic stuff. Um, first, I started communicating with uh, animals face-to-face. I would just sit there and I'd start writing as I, whatever came, I heard, I say heard in quotations. Then I would talk to a picture, you know, like look at a picture on my computer and then the horses pushed me and said, okay, this is where your telepathic abilities really come in. You know, ask permission and tune into anyone from anywhere. I'm like, I can't do that. So I sat down on the floor with a, a pad and immediately a sacred cow from India, a water buffalo, and a blue whale came through with just, like, downloads. You know what I mean? Like, there's just no way I could make this stuff up. Um, so there's, I know I'm going off on a tangent, but 
there is so much content to what they say. So it's, it's information for humans to help us understand life with more ease and joy. Um, they share their views on love and what we perceive as death and the state of the world and joy and happiness and illness and on and on and on. Gotcha. Our guest tonight is Sandra Mendelson, author of the book, We Walk Beside You. Her website is smendelson.com. And again, Sandra, thanks for being with us. Um, as you go through your daily day, uh, you see you kind of can turn this on and off, but uh, are you? do you allow yourself to be open to uh, communication by animals at any point? I mean, I, I would say there's probably a curiosity that continually lingers as you pass by an animal wondering what that animal has to say. Well, certain animals have made it really clear that they're like like the crows. They just follow me everywhere. So, um, like I I know that they're in on this. If that makes any sense to you, um, I do not. Uh, I don't even think I could just tune into any animal at will because it really does take an animal's willingness to tune into you to allow that that communication as well. Um, you know, I. I really like to be the receiver in this. So when I ask a question, uh, they kind of come through when they want to. Sometimes at 3 o'clock in the morning, they like to wake me up. Um, But when the world is quiet, you know what I mean? I'm pretty sensitive. um, Otherwise, I guess I couldn't hear this stuff. And so, you know, we're, we're pretty busy during the day. There's a lot of human vibration, a lot of energy and activity. So it's much easier for me to hear when things are quiet. But they're able well, to con- but they're able to control if you hear them or if you don't hear them they're they're able to somehow control this I don't know if control is the right word um well bl- put I it this way are they able to block you out or allow you access I... well you know what it's not invasive you know what I'm saying like there's it's it's a, a reciprocity kind of a thing because you know we're trying to share this information with humanity so that we don't just look at the animal world differently. We ultimately look at ourselves differently if you hear what the animals have to say. So, um, you know, I'll just have a question that I'm holding in my thought stream, in my consciousness, and, and then you go, oh, I, then I just kind of feel like, oh, wow, they're there. Get the pen. And the stuff just comes more coming through. I don't know if I'm answering the question accurately, but there is no control. It's not like they have to shut me out. I'm not being invasive. You know, you put the question out, and who wants to step forward will answer it. You know, I can I can kind of direct it to certain species. Um, but, you know, I had new ones come through. A, a robin came through. A zebra just came through. Um, and I hadn't spoken with them before. So um, it, it's very much at will, if that makes sense, for the good of all. The intention has always been, what do you want us to know for the good of all? Now does this ability so they, on, yeah. yeah, now does this ability only happen with animals? Are you able to like we, we spoke to a lady last week who was telling us that she was able to even communicate with the insect world. Um, yes, I have communicated with the insects. There are people that communicate with plants. I've only heard them a couple of times. There are people that can kind of go across living things. They they've told me they speak with rocks, they speak with humans, they can hear Spirit, they can hear humans. I, I personally don't have all those skill sets, 
Um, but that's, you know, one of the things the animals say is that's why we need each other because nobody gets everything, you know, that we, quote, pick up different jewels along our way. Um, and animals really do understand the harmony. You know, we, we will film animals fighting, but it's usually the exception to the rule. It's, for the most part, they live in harmony. We can talk about chimpanzees another time. <laughs> um, well, I, yeah, but, like, yeah, like you were just saying, though, I, I I can understand you know some somebody having some connection to to animals and things of that nature, especially living beings. But where you were just saying somebody talks to a rock now, I, I, that's that's a little out there for me. I can be honest with you. <laughs> I don't know. I I haven't heard a rock speak to me. You know <laughs> what? Sorry, I haven't. Sandra, uh-huh. you can also um, you have the ability to communicate with uh, pets that have passed on. Is that right? Like uh, as a, as a medium, if you will. Yes, and it's it. Some I find it actually easier because when they're no longer confined to a body and and their particular life paths and lessons, they come through so clearly with this wisdom and perspective about you know what they can, you know, see in their human what they came to learn, how many times they've been, you know, the lives they've shared together, you know, when you cross over, supposedly, now you're back in your soul. You're not stuck in this personality that's the part of your soul that needs healing and where your lessons are, right? So you're now, you're now back to the limitlessness of the soul and the wide-angle perspective. So what they come through with is very clear, when you work with a client who wants to communicate with an animal, whether this animal is living or has passed, what do you require of the of the client? Uh, what type of information do they have to give you? How does it work? Well, I work um, by having them email me a picture of the animal if they have uh, typically a headshot. I have them ask. Now, obviously, you can't do this with an animal that's crossed over, but if a li- animal is living, I have them go and ask their pet permission for my friend Sandra to tune into you. And, you know, we had never gotten a no, um, which would be an animal, you know, putting his ears down or walking away because they all want greater understanding. And they're thrilled when a human actually wants to know more and connect on a deeper level. Um, so I have them ask, you know, speak English to your, your pet and what a yes and a no looks like. And then I have them, you know, share any questions they want answered. However, um, I really tend to get soul messages. I am not the person that is, at this point, you know, spot on about why uh, Fifi is peeing on the rug. I'm not a medical intuitive, and I'm not good if you had a quote-unquote rat infestation. I refer people to animal communicators that specialize in those things. Again, I think we all need each other, so I'm, I'm happy to do that. When you um, talk with animals, let me ask a different question, actually. Have you ever had the opportunity to work with, say, law enforcement to communicate with an animal that may have been witness to a crime? Or, you know, if, if I would imagine most people don't suspect or expect an animal to be able to rat on them, if you will, to use a bad analogy or a bad pun. Um, have you ever had an opportunity to be involved in something at that level? Um, no, and I don't want to. <laughs> Um, I've actually had somebody ask me if I could help them figure out why horses were being slaughtered in the backyards of um, very wealthy Arabs. 
in European countries. Can the horses tell you what happened? And it's almost like, I mean, maybe there's somebody that's doing that, but for me, it feels wholly wrong. I don't, I, I, you know what I mean? Like, I just get a big no. Like, no, just don't even go there. Especially because I don't even know if the animals could share that. Um, it's just human ugliness. So I, I, I can't say it's not done, but I, I haven't done it. Getting back to the book again, um, when you, uh, you've addressed some pretty interesting things here, and I just want to read a couple of the, of the bullet points that describe the book. We talk about the book, Processing and Understanding Life's Most Profound Challenges, also manage and release our difficult emotions, experience more joy, go with the flow instead of pushing against it. Are these all things that um, that your communication with these animals has led you to understand better and in that way be able to pass it on through the book? Absolutely. They, when I gave them the floor, you know, after they corrected some misconceptions about their behavior, the bulk of what they came through is sharing their insights so that we humans have a better time of life, you know, because we we live in the life of the mind. And, and while it creates great things, it causes a whole mess of faulty beliefs and, and causes us so much pain. I mean, they've come through about, you know, death is, is uh, I had a skunk tell me, you know, death is a human construct. To us, uh, there is no such thing. You know, we just hang out in our bodies until they start to break down. Then we take a rest, and then we get a new model, like a car. <laughs> it goes on from there. Well, they sure so, seem um, fearful of death when, yeah. when they're crossing the road. <laughs> oh, God. Say that again. Can you say that again? I said they sure seem fearful of death when they're crossing the road. Well, yeah, nobody likes to be caught <laughs> unaware or slammed in a headlight. That's scary for anybody. But um, they're not a as shocked by things as we are because they, they read energy fields. Um, they have forethought. So they, they really know when they're, they don't know the exact moment of their death, but they get a premonition. Um, there's, there's a lot more that goes to the picture that they've shared with me. So, and, uh, everyone else. so would you say mm-hmm. that they're more in touch, I guess, than, than we are as humans since they're, they're able to, well, they get the premonition of their death and they're, they're able to do all these things and, and well, communicating back and forth. Um, do you, do you think that they're further advanced in that area, I guess, than humans? Well, I don't, I don't like the word advanced, but I do like uh, saying that they have a more, a broader foundation while we're so busy living in the life of the mind. I've had animals tell me there are clues that we're missing from the start, like tuning into the, quality of someone's energy field, scent, facial movement, body movement, um, you know, that they get so much information from the start that we humans don't pay attention to. So we never have that experience of instant knowing. They are not as shocked as we are. You know, when, when an animal is a prey animal and a, a predator goes after them, they go after the one that's energy, their life force is starting to wane. You and I can't perceive it, but they can. Um, so it isn't, it's never, they're not totally shocked. And again, I am not talking about an animal that is out of nowhere, you know, stolen by a human and, and thrown into a torture chamber. I'm talking about animals in the wild left to their own devices. Our dogs read our energy fields, you know. Um, Rupert Sheldrake, great 
Now he calls himself a former scientist, wrote a book in 1999, Dogs Know When Their Owners Are Coming Home. And they had hidden cameras and they didn't trained on those dogs. It didn't matter how would the human change their schedule. A huge proportion of those dogs always knew when their human was coming home. And, and it gets even more interesting as to how they find their person. You know, they tap into your energy field. It's, and they put energy into the earth. They really are energetic beings, and we are always trying to think our way through things, so we are missing out. Um, I don't like the word advanced, but I, we are missing out, and we can use more of our faculties. Well, and I, I definitely agree with you that dogs and, and most other animals... Um they can they can sense your your emotions and and what mood you're in and everything else and I've seen it with my dogs I have three dogs as well and if I come in the house happy they're they're wonderful they're greeting me at the door if I come in the house and I'm just in a bad mood they tend to uh, stay off and do their own thing um, so <laughs> they they can pick that stuff up and they do know when we're coming home I mean I've I've called the wife when I when I'm turning down the road and everything and just just to let her know that I'm on my way and the dogs are already at the door waiting because they know so uh, they they do pick mm-hmm. up a, a lot that that we're unable to and remember they hear your thoughts before mm-hmm. the words come out of your mouth they have heard your thoughts well then my Jimmy and Jimmy's recently, dog and my yeah, dogs I, are really yeah. screwed then because if they hear our thoughts <laughs> Well, that's why, you know, the squirrels say, we steer clear of most of you. If you had any idea what each of you was thinking, you wouldn't want to talk to each other. Sandra, does, <laughs> so, d- does the book also yeah. offer people some guidance as to how they, too, themselves can uh, understand and maybe use some of these techniques with whether it's their pets or other animals? No, but I did put, I have a blog post uh, on my website. If you go to fmendelson.com and look up the blog, which is called Animals Are Talking, um, I put an initial um, blog post that says, okay, how to begin, how to start connecting with animals. Um, and I, for people that even want to take classes, I, I mentioned some, some really great resources, you know, people, animal communicators that are teaching classes if they want to go even further. But, you know, starting with the basics of, you know, getting out of your head, getting into your heart, uh, you know, I won't give it all away, but it's, it's a good primer. And, and Sandra, we've got to go here, but where's the book available for people? It's on Amazon, um, as are the animal message cards. Just put in We Walk Beside You. And and uh, you know what? I tell people, you know, check out the reviews because what other people have to say is much more important than what I could ever say. And you will know if what you're reading is true or not because it'll resonate inside of you. You know, everybody's in charge of what they absorb and what resonates. So, um, you know, if it's Feels good. Do it. <laughs> well, thanks so much for coming and hanging out with us, Sandra. And we look forward to talking to you again at some point. All right. I love it. Thank you very much, guys. You have a great night. Again, the website is smendelson.com. Check it out. The name of the book is We Walk Beside You. All right. We're going to take a quick break, then come back and wrap things up. You're listening to Jason and JV, Beyond Reality Radio. We'll be back after this. Did you know that online retailers like Amazon have constant deals that can save you money on the things you buy every day? It's no joke. Save 40%, 50%, even 80% on great products. And all you have to do is know about them. Noodle Shark is the way to be alerted when something good is coming your way. Noodle Shark is the social media page that lists great deals that not only save you money, but give you the deals before anyone else has them. All you have to do is find Noodle Shark 
on Facebook. Search it as The Noodle Shark. That's The Noodle Shark because you deserve to save too. Become a shark and save. If you haven't yet, head over to Facebook.com slash Beyond Reality Radio. Like the Facebook page for us so you can keep up to date with all the new information. Then head to BeyondRealityRadio.com where you can find all the stations we are on across the country. The list is constantly being updated, so check it often. You can also download the free iPhone and Android app right there. that allows you to listen live, catch past shows, join the online chat, and more. Or any night we're live and you're just sitting at home you know, with a computer, just go to BeyondRealityRadio.com. Click the upper right-hand corner where it says pop-up. Listen right there from the website while hanging out in a chat room with JV, myself, and a great community of people. So join us. But that's going to pretty much do it for us tonight. So make sure you tune in and, uh, well, and also, hey, head over to iTunes, you know, and download the show from there and rate it for us. That's uh, really important. We're trying to make it, you know, get it more, more known so it pushes it forward and lets people uh, find it easier. That's going to do it for us, everybody. Have a great night. It's Jason and JV. We'll catch you all tomorrow. Beyond Reality Paranormal is hosted by J.V. Johnson and produced by Orion Palmer and Slick Eddie Edwards. Like us on Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Please consider supporting the program either through your podcast platform, click on the link in the description, or on Patreon at Joha Productions. If you'd like to be a guest on Beyond Reality Paranormal or you have a recommendation for a guest, contact our producer, Slick Eddie Edwards. Eddie is spelled with a Y at slickeddieedwards at gmail.com.